Eddie, what's up? What's up? <laughs> Glad to be here finally. I'm yeah, excited. for sure. So you said the traffic was, it was it bad or was it people were just driving slow? Um, I think it's just because the weather's nice. Everybody's kind of like whatever about it. So people yeah. are literally like stopping in the middle of the road to see if they want to turn there before they actually put their blinker on. And it's, <laughs> it was interesting, but we're what it's whatever. Yeah. Well, like I was telling you in uh, messages, like I have, man, I lived in Houston for 10 years mm -hmm. and my, my road, road rage is, it's, it's crazy. You know, I don't pull, I'm not going to pull out a gun or anything <laughs> on anybody, but, uh, yeah, I will cuss you out give you the bird. <laughs> do the crazy shit mm. um but i'm sure the uh the traffic is uh isn't as bad as austin right no austin was pretty terrible we only had about three weeks there where there was no traffic during the pandemic yeah mopac and i-35 were empty oh, so wow. it was nice for like three weeks and then it got crazy again yeah, yeah wow so what made you guys want to um move back to southeast texas so Austin was kind of a uh, an experiment, I guess. We really yeah. wanted to move away, and we didn't want to be too far. And I'd always wanted to live there. Back in the day, like 2011, 2012, I was going yeah. to South by Southwest, and I loved it, and I loved the culture. But it's very different now. Um, yeah. You've got a lot of big businesses moving in. You know, they're taking all the weird, in quote, things out of Austin. They're buying up these houses that have just been you know, super big staples and character for the city for so long and replacing them with mainstream businesses. And then you've got people moving from California who are literally offering $200,000 over asking price for houses in cash. Yeah. So it's like, it's becoming very much like Silicon Valley really fast. Yeah. Well, like you said, you said the key thing, like it's, they're taking out the weird mm -hmm. um, out of Austin. It's becoming more corporate. You yeah, know? absolutely. And that's, that's really that's one of the reasons we moved back. My husband got a badass job offer here and it was nice. just something we couldn't pass up. So we're very glad to be back for that. But also, I I mean, you can make new friends, but you can't make old friends. Yeah. And <laughs> as much as fun as Austin was, it's yeah. just not home. Oh, for so. sure. For sure. And yeah, don't get me wrong. So like I moved off to Houston right after school. Mm -hmm. um, and then like I ping pong from Houston to Austin like uh, several times. Um, but yeah, I'm back here now because I'm, you know, I miss home, mm -hmm. you know, you could travel anywhere in the world, you know, it's not, it's yeah. never like home. Like you come back and mm -hmm. just get that warmth and, yeah. you know, it feels good. And the people here, you know, you can't find people like this anywhere else and the, nah. you know, willingness <laughs> to help you and just knowing where your resources are. I mean, we were in Austin for two years and we've done more in the last month than we did the entire two years of living there so oh, well. <laughs> yeah but also you know you had the pandemic making us very isolated as well so yeah that yeah. mixed into it didn't help yeah uh, it was super tough your, your husband was telling me that in our episode you know that oh, everything yeah. was just like super uh it was hectic and just super complicated and you know crazy i yeah. can't imagine austin um i was down here for the pandemic it, it was okay but mm -hmm. houston or austin a bigger city i'm sure it was a lot more complicated yeah especially when you live in a purple state and you're yeah. 20 minutes from the capital yeah. i mean we got caught in a black lives matter protest on i-35 <sighs> which i support the movement but it was terrifying yeah um you know and then you constantly have the homeless issue going on and yeah. You know, the camping in the city and the crime rates are going up. It's just um, you live there either because you really like stress. Yeah. You just love it. Or 
you're wealthy as fuck and it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> those are the two reasons that's so true you know it sucks though because you know that i've always thought of austin as just like a place to get away uh mm-hmm. people that are like me like sort of an outcast or like you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you just get away and enjoy yourself but like now like yeah. it, there's it that isn't there anymore you know yeah it was really ironic that escape exactly yeah it was ironic because when i moved there i really was going because i wanted to go somewhere i didn't have to try to fit in right right but while i was there i felt like i was just trying to fit in the whole time because mm. you have these hippies and quote that are you know <laughs> trust fund kids and yeah. they wear crappy clothes but you know, when I say crappy, you know what I mean? Like yeah, just yeah. hand-me-downs and stuff and not very, they don't look well-kept, but at the same time, they're very judgmental. For sure. You know, sure. and it's just a yeah. very strange uh, experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah, super tough. Super, super tough. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And that uh, the, the episode I listened to, I didn't know you were from Chicago originally. Mm-hmm. I thought you were from Southeast Texas. Yep. Chi-town, stay down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you grew up there and... and- um, so I moved to Texas when I was almost eight years old. I okay. lived there for like you know the first little portion of my life. That's where my parents met. That's where I got my first experiences. Um, you know, living on the streets and dealing with drugs and everything else. And yeah, yeah. Then we came to Texas, and I just followed us here. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't doing it obviously. I was a little kid, but everybody around me was because the '80s were apparently a really rough time for people. So yeah. So what <laughs> made you made your parents want to uh, come to Texas? Well, I should clarify, they did not move together. Um, uh. My par- my parents split up when I was two because my father was doing heroin and my mother uh, was a call girl. Mm. Um, I've never actually said that out loud. Oh, she doesn't listen. <laughs> but uh, she basically got engaged to a guy in the Chinese mafia. And uh, for a while, we lived the high life. We lived on um, Michigan Avenue, which in Chicago is very wealthy, mm. very wealthy people. Um, I had everything I wanted. I was an only child at the at the time, very spoiled. And then um, it was just a lot of chaos. You know, there was a lot of drug use in the family. Yeah. I was constantly bouncing around. And then she just decided that she wanted to take us out of the city. And I think she was running from things as well. And we came to Texas. So I didn't see my father for 13 years after that. Oh, wow. Or any family, rather. So Wow. So, yeah. So Texas was sort of like that escape. For her, will. yeah. But for yeah. me, it was absolute hell. I still remember the very first place we stopped. It was in Texarkana. We had been driving for three days, just me and my brother and her and her boyfriend in the car. And we stopped in this gas station and it was like, it was March because I remember leaving Chicago. I looked out the rear view window and I saw snow. I saw a white castle and the cityscape. And I remember that so clearly because I knew for some reason that I was not going to see that for a long time. Yeah. And when we came to Texas, we stopped at this gas station. It was humid and hot. And there was a giant fucking cockroach on the bathroom floor. And I was like, I hate it here. (laughs) It was terrible after that. Absolute hell. Yeah, I'm sure there was like a a culture shock. I mean, you go from you guys didn't move from like Chicago to like maybe a little bit closer, you know, south. But you Mm -hmm. guys moved from Chicago to Texas. That's a huge like change, you know, shift. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember going to... Mauriceville Middle School. The first day of school, I wore a Western sweater and cowboy boots, and I thought everybody brought their horses to school. I really <laughs> had no idea people here dress normal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was an interesting experience. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, also, you talked about um, just like being a chameleon and uh, mm-hmm. fitting in, and I could relate to that so much because uh, 
Uh, you know, coming up, I, I grew up in Marysville as well. Mm-hmm. But being the only black kid, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I sort of like uh, super young. You don't really notice it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we got older, like I sort of felt like the mascot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, you know, this dude's different. We know he's different. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not going to like make him feel like he's different, but we know he's different. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I felt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I could could definitely relate whenever you uh, touched on that, uh, being a chameleon and trying to fit in. Yeah. And know? I actually had the opposite experience because I moved like 30 times before I got to Mauriceville Middle School. Oh, I went to so many different schools because we were always living in hotels and cars and just constant chaos. I mean, we lived in a shed at one point in somebody's backyard. Um, oh, wow. And I lived in Port Arthur for I think it was my third grade year, part of my third grade year. And I was the only white girl at that school. So it was a very, I mean, I've seen all cultures. I've been to every denomination of church because that was my escape as a kid. My friends that went to church, I would go with them so I didn't have to go home. Yeah. So I've seen it all. Oh, for sure. So I can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. How was the, uh, I guess I'll go back a little bit. How was uh, like your school and environment in uh, Chicago? Very big. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was was super mixed. Uh, I went to two different schools that I can remember. The first one was Montessori School. It was downtown Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember this was at the time that my mother was engaged to the Chinese mafia guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so we lived in a really nice apartment, hardwood floors. And then the next school that I went to right before we moved to Texas was just like a normal school. Very even, I would say, ethnicity. But yeah. um, I remember walking to school one time because I missed the bus. I was like five years old. I walked probably five miles to school. And somehow survived. <laughs> somehow wow. I made it there in the snow. <laughs> so Jeez. it was interesting. Wow. Yeah. You have all these like like vivid memories of your mm-hmm. childhood, you know, it's uh, which is pretty cool because nowadays it's like we're so distracted by everything. Yeah. And I don't I don't remember much from uh, childhood, you know, like things mm-hmm. like the uh, pivotal moments and things that really stick out. Like I'll remember. But for the most part, I don't remember much, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I, mean, I guess that's where like trauma and stuff like that ties, ties in place. Yeah. 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 I think it can go both ways. You either can block it out, um, or you can stick to it because it's like a PTSD. But I've noticed like the further along I get on my healing journey, I remember yeah. things very vividly. Like I remember the other day I had this flashback when I was like 12 years old. I remember exactly where I was. I remember what the floor looked like. I remember right. who was around me. It's yeah. just like these things are coming back. Like the more I clear out the bullshit, it's gotcha. really interesting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So before um, like life coaching, uh, mental health and all that stuff, like what were you like doing for a career? I was a speech pathologist. I got my master's in 2015 and college was kind of my my survival mechanism when I was in my early 20s because I didn't have family and um it's really fucking expensive to go to college and live so I worked multiple jobs and I lived on student loans and I just had to choose a career so I chose that because it makes good money but I absolutely hated it really yeah it was not for me (laughs) (laughs) and how long did you um did you do that about five years Oh, yeah. Yeah, I worked in every setting, home health, nursing homes, hospitals, schools, you name it. And I just it was so monotonous. It was yeah. just not creative enough for me. Got you. Got you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in was it like in Austin or whenever you came back here, you decided, you know what? Fuck that. I want to try something new. So I actually started the life coaching before we even knew we were moving back. Ah, OK. Yeah. Like it was I actually I started developing my program two years ago. Because I was being very vocal about my healing journey on social media. Yeah. And more and more people were reaching out to me and being like, thank you for sharing this. I relate to that. For sure. You know, and I was having a lot of really in-depth conversations with people. 
And um, I just realized that, wow, maybe I could actually do this for like a career because, they, you know, they say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your exactly, life. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So I started developing this program. And then during the pandemic, um, it was just kind of a perfect scenario. We were isolated in Austin. I didn't have distractions, you know, like social lives or anything keeping me from focusing. Yeah. And I did a lot of inner work when it came to my relationship with money and what my possibilities were and, you know, my social conditioning with what I thought I had to do. And I just decided to fucking go for it. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. I just had this convo with one of my really good friends. He he does music, you know, and I feel Mm -hmm. like uh, with the pandemic in 2020, uh, like it it sort of taught me, like, if there's something you really enjoy and you Mm -hmm. love, go for it Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like make that your job exactly you know what i'm saying because like no one should be miserable working a nine to five yeah you know what i'm saying getting up dreading everything you're resenting your significant other you know what i'm saying you're turning to whatever or whatever it is i absolutely hated my job before this so i'm very glad to be here (laughs) yeah for sure so do you feel like uh uh, it's like maybe it's the job like the reason people turn to certain things or cheat on their significant other or do all these crazy things you know what i'm saying in their lives how you think like the job is the root of it or uh, Um, i mean i'm sure there's so many different variables to it yeah that's a that's a very complex answer i mean i don't think anybody's job could ever make them do shitty things but i do think that they use avoidance skills Mm. you know like avoidance when i say um like substance abuse yeah like instead of dealing with the fact that they don't like their job and trying to figure out something else because maybe they have self-worth issues or they don't have proper guidance to figure it out or they don't even know where to start you know they'll turn to alcohol or drugs to numb it um when it comes to cheating on your spouse i think i don't know either (laughs) they just have a really fucked up vision of what love and relationships are from their childhood or they're just not in love with the person they're with yeah yeah for sure they just don't care about that person you know i I can't really think of another reason to cheat on somebody yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's crazy i just think uh you know when someone's unhappy whether it be with their job or anything like you know they'll just do terrible things (laughs) yeah i mean yeah they'll definitely project it to the world around them you know it's uh it's a really sad situation yeah yeah and also i guess it could turn back you could answer uh answer this better than i could uh turns back to like trauma childhood trauma Mm -hmm. uh just trauma in general you know um Mm -hmm. i had someone on and she talked about that you know and i'm just dealing with that and people uh fail to understand that like that's it's tough to deal with you know when you Mm -hmm. have to do put up with things like that you know yeah absolutely i mean if you don't deal with your childhood trauma it will affect every single area of your life until you deal with it and that was one of the hardest things for me to realize and I actually got to an accident in 2015, right after I got my master's degree. I got hit by a truck while I was riding a bike. Oh, wow. And it, yeah, it gave me a head injury. And then I started having PTSD. Because before this, I had no anxiety and depression. Yeah. I didn't have my bipolar, too. Oh, wait. So, and I was I was going to ask you about yeah. that. So, this was in 2015? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the truck accident was. Wow. I thought it was, like, maybe when you were, like, a, a small kid. No, no, no. Yeah, I was in a, I was 20, 25. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. So, yeah. that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, that was wild because, well, okay, I take that back. I think I maybe did have depression before this, but yeah. I numbed it with alcohol. I partied really hard in college and all of my friends partied really hard. I mean, <laughs> I was basically an alcoholic. 
Yeah. I wasn't like dependent on it, but I just I drank almost every day of the week. Right. You know. Did you uh, just want to like suppress? I don't know. Like, I just like having fun. I've never been a sad drunk. Every time sure. I drank, I just wanted to go hard. I just wanted to party. <laughs> I was laughing. I was dancing. Like, yeah. you know, I, I didn't have a care in the world. I went skydiving before I got hit by the truck. Um, I lived in my car. You know, I did all kinds of stuff. I was in a Slim Thug music video. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, no, I think the it was like a combination of things. It was the PTSD from the truck. Yeah bringing back all these unwanted memories, but then also just being 25 with a career and not drinking anymore yeah. made everything come to the surface. And then uh, I had to deal with it. And that's yeah. really what started me on the, that journey. Got so. you. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this accident, like talk to me a little bit more about that. Like, uh, cause I know you mentioned like, uh, after that you said you had PTSD, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, like these things would start popping up in your head like was it like old uh, childhood memories or uh yeah i had a lot of issues like um i don't know i guess you would call them daddy issues i had self-worth issues because like my family just wasn't around and yeah. i was my friends became my family any relationship i had they were my family gotcha. their friend circles so i got really really close um so i had a lot of abandonment anxiety before i started healing and everything yeah. But so the accident, I was riding my bike in a high school parking lot and I was going around a corner of a building and some 16 year old in a white Denali came around the corner. And I remember seeing the truck Yeah. and my mind kind of slowed down and was like, oh, fuck, oh, shit. <laughs> because I couldn't get away from it. Yeah. And he was, you know, and I just kind of braced for impact. I also oh. flipped my car three times when I was 21, but that didn't really do a number on me this day. Yeah, but this one did for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I remember laying in the parking lot. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. My husband, well, he was my fiance at the time. We were getting married two weeks from then. Yeah. That's why I was going to the, I was, okay. I was going to the high school to run bleachers. I was working out. That's why I was going there. Got you. And um, so I remember laying in the parking lot. And it was like this survival thing. I was just screaming, get the fuck away from me. Because there was people around me. They were yeah, concerned. For sure. But I felt so vulnerable. Yeah. And I kept blacking out. They put me in the ambulance. They took me to the hospital, gave me stitches, and sent me home the same day. Damn. Yeah. Terrible hospital. Would not recommend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's here in Beaumont. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So I had a really bad whiplash, obviously. My face was swollen. Really bad vertigo. And then, okay, June 10th, I got hit by the truck. June 27th, we got married. July 8th, we had planned to move to Phoenix, Arizona just to go. Yeah. So it was a very fast month. We still moved. And yeah, then wow. in August, I started my job, and I just started having these debilitating panic attacks at work. I'd never had one in my life. I thought I was dying. Mm. Like, my heart would race. I would get sweaty. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I started therapy, and I just started realizing, wow, my childhood was really fucked up. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a lot of pressure, too, though. I mean, you know, oh, mar- yeah. marriage and then a new job all at, like, one yeah. time. You know, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to deal with. And yeah, I could was. also, I can really relate to that because I have a, a scar on my head, right? Mm-hmm. And it's from, like, an uh, a skateboard accident. Oh, like, okay. uh, I was holding on to a buddy's, like, truck behind it, uh, behind his truck. And speed wobbles, I hit something in the road, mm-hmm. ended up running over my head. Oh, my God. You know, but like before this, like same thing. I didn't have any anxiety, any of the shit, mm-hmm. you know. But after this, mm-hmm. sweaty palms, anxiety, mm-hmm. all these crazy like uh, memories yeah. and, you know, all this shit popped up, nightmares, like yeah. all these crazy things. You know, it's crazy. Like, why do you think that is like um, uh, with something such as that? I mean, I guess with a head inju- injury, like things can happen, you know, pop up. Yeah. For sure. Definitely happen. Yeah, I think that can impact it. But I just think that it's like if you had a chaotic childhood 
and then you just kind of like went through it and it was like whatever and then you have a near-death experience as an adult yeah it's it's like imagine your your mind is like a room as a kid you're just throwing things in this room you're like i'll organize it later i'll organize it later and then right. whenever you have a near death near death experience it's like the door swings open and you have to sort through it ah, because if you don't way to look at yeah it. i mean it's just gonna it's gonna destroy you from the inside out yeah holy shit yeah it's a really good way to um to look at it i was uh listening to like a it was a podcast with will smith and he was saying, think of uh, like trauma and, uh, you know, just shitty situations or experiences rather um, as like a broken calculator. He said, like, you know, if you have a trauma, you have an injury, head injury uh, and that seven buttons pressed down. Right. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what you tell that person or no matter what equation you put in, that seven buttons going to always be mm-hmm. getting hit, you know, so yeah. that seven's always in the equation. You know, and it takes time to heal, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to lift that button up so that seven isn't always in the equation, you know, Absolutely. or whatever number it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, I saw another analogy the other day. They, It's like the ball in the box analogy. So imagine you have a box and there's a button inside the box. And when you have a traumatic experience, the ball inside of it is huge. So no mm-hmm. matter how you move the box, it's going to keep poking the button. But as you heal, the ball just shrinks more and more. So over time. Maybe it'll touch the button every once in a while, but it doesn't yeah. touch it nearly as often. It just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Ah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. yeah. It's going to stick with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So talk to me about um, your program. You're also on, uh, you're big on like TikTok and stuff like that, right? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go viral just because it'll like give me more exposure. And honestly, you know, that was one of my shame things that I had to let go of. I always wanted to be an influencer. Yeah. Not because I like the vain aspect of it it's really i just like entertaining people i like having a community maybe it's because i grew up so isolated and just you know so kept away from everything i don't know but um i'm trying to get my tiktok going i'm bigger on instagram um it's going pretty well but yeah yeah i'll tell you what um like the i reposted uh that clip you made like of the show and yeah people were super excited and ready to oh cool yeah just to hear you on the show yeah a lot lots of people like replied really yeah oh that makes me feel good cool yeah yeah a lot of people liked it and replied and they're ready to hear the episode so that's exciting (laughs) yeah for sure so uh talk to me about um your program So my program is based on the premise that your mind is your mental home. We Mm. can't escape it our entire life. That's where we live. So when you grow up in chaos or you have abusive relationships or, you know, um, absent parents, your home is very unorganized. It's not what you want it to look like. You're uncomfortable living there. So I call it the blueprint method because each week of the blueprint method, it's nine weeks long. Um, and each week goes, you know, with the letter of whatever the name is. Um, it's a non-negotiable aspect of mental health. So you go through a very intense emotional healing and growth experience with my support. Yeah. And the the transformations that I've already seen in people just absolutely takes my breath away. I'm just so grateful to be in this space and to see them. But also kind of like in disbelief that i've been able to come up with this but also i do believe it because like i have to own it i've been through a fucking lot and i'm you know i know what i'm talking about so it's for uh, sure you definitely know what you're talking about it's an interesting aspect though with a new business owner you know because you're gonna doubt yourself oh for sure and it's so scary yeah you know like putting it out there especially when it's like you're a complete brainchild but it's going well so i'm very thankful for that yeah that's pretty awesome you know it's badass but you know like you. you said you've been through a lot so um 
uh, and there's a lot of us, you know, me included, like we need someone like you, you know what I'm saying? Just oh, to like sort of show us how to organize, like you said, organize your, your, mm-hmm. your home. You yeah, know, your brain. <laughs> you yeah, know, totally. Put these things on shelves, you know, up here. Yes, it's a it's a way to organize chaos, if that would even be possible, you know. And it's not yeah. something that's like, oh, I'm gonna do the program, be healed forever. Like, I view life as like a mountain with no peak. Yeah. The program just gives you all of these amazing tools, you know, that I learned through seven years of therapy and through my own discoveries and through the countless. I mean, I probably read forty self help books. And then I also got my life coach certification. So all of that mixed together, I organized it in a way that it would just be very encompassing. Yeah, for sure. So um, like, who do you uh, read? Like, who are you into as far as like self-help books and authors? So right now I'm really into creating your reality. So what I mean by that is like, I think some people get caught up in this idea that they have to have a purpose in life. But what if your purpose is to create your purpose and Mm. to become so aware of the power that you have? And what I mean by that is quantum physics stuff. Um, Right now I'm reading a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm. And that book is absolutely incredible. The information and the science in this book will blow your mind. Um, Like there's theories about atoms, right? Like the things that make up everything that exists. Right. The old Newtonian model showed like a very solid little atom with very specific electrons in certain places. But the new quantum physics model, and it's been proven, is that the electrons appear when you look for them. It's right. called the observer effect. Gotcha. So even if we've been growing up in chaos and have had abusive relationships and you know we might live with this notion like well everything happens for a reason so that makes it okay i understand that and i think that's one one level to the healing process but then what if you can actually direct those electrons and draw them into your life yeah for sure so that's really what i'm into right now and i love that book (laughs) oh yeah just quantum uh, physics i'm still like learning about that stuff but uh and it's fascinating, you know what I'm saying? Like you mm-hmm. say, like... Yeah, it's very mind-blowing. And I think I attribute that to my survival as a kid because I just yeah. always had it in my head that I will have what I want. I will have peace. I will be in a good place, you know? And, like, I would just... Even when I was, like, living in this little house or little shed that, like, there's rain all of the all over the floor and I'm being sexually abused and, yeah, you know, like, I'm the weird kid because I'm tall and my voice is deep and whatever. I just always knew yeah. that I was going to get there. Yeah, you know. for sure. Are you, do you believe in like the the law of attraction? Well, that's basically what it is. But the law yeah. of attraction is kind of outdated. The quantum physics theory is more of a like modern scientific way of explaining it. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I think with focus, like we can do anything. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, uh, just have to be able to focus and, like you said, just be aware. Yeah, and being very conscious of your decisions too, because. You know, we get distracted by daily life and social media and whatever everybody else is doing. But if you make sure that every single decision you make aligns with the person you want to be, it's inevitable. Yeah, for sure. How do you feel about social media? Like, uh, you know, it and just like uh, mental, I guess, like, you know, uh, when you put a phone in someone's hand, it could literally like destroy their their mind, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but it also just depends on I guess it's subjective. It sort of depends on, you know, like who's holding that phone you know what i'm saying well it all depends on your relationship with it because it's a tool right and my relationship with it has changed very much since i started my business i used to look at it as like a 
it was an avoidance mechanism. I would look at it whenever something was hard or I just wanted to take my mind off of reality. Right, right. But now I only look at it if I know I'm going to make someone else's life better by sharing information yep. or making money. Those yeah, are the only sure. two reasons I use it. For sure. But it's, I think, it's a tool for sure. Exactly. But I think if you have a bad self-relationship with your image and you're constantly comparing yourself to others and you're worried about their judgment because maybe you have weak self-confidence, then it could be really bad. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And it's like uh, people need to understand that like Instagram, you know, it, that's like the number one app. You know, we all use it. We love it. But mm -hmm. Those are those photos and everything are like highlights of someone's life. Absolutely. That's not their everyday life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the same with, the, you know, like YouTube. I love YouTube. It's my TV nowadays, you know, like the vlogs and everything. But that is like that's not their everyday life. Like they they can edit these things out. Mm -hmm. You know, all the bad things, the ugly stuff we don't see. You can edit that out of a YouTube video. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely agree. Like uh, social media, it's, you know, it's great for like marketing and uh, get, getting yourself out there, but use it as a tool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even if your tool right now is just to motivate yourself. For sure. Only follow motivational pages. If anybody makes you feel like shit because they're whatever they post is triggering something in you, yeah. you can either approach that with okay, maybe I need to work on what this trigger is. Why is this making me feel a certain way? That could be something you need to heal. Yeah. Or maybe they're just a very uh, displeasing person and they're just not supposed to be in your energetic space. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because they could bring you down, like you said. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, talk to me about uh, like processed triggers, uh, PTSD, things like that. I know we sort of touched on it already, mm -hmm. um, but I just want my listeners to sort of uh, like understand it a little bit better. So what, what do you mean by like that? How do you process triggers or? Yeah. Okay. So I think if your triggers are really intense, you should do it with someone who is experienced in that, like a life coach like myself or with a therapist or depending on the severity of your trigger, maybe EMDR could help you. It's mm. an eye movement desensitization reprocessing, I believe. I did that for a couple of years and it was actually first developed for um, police in the line of duty. So mm. if they were shot or maybe if you saw a death or something like that, something really intense Yeah. because your brain can't compute the, in, the intensity of that moment. So it'll store it. And right. that's what comes flooding back when you have, oh, okay. you know, some kind some like near death experience. I got you. So the EMDR, you process that with a certified therapist in a safe space and it's extremely effective. Um, but processing triggers, I think the first step to that is being aware of them. Ah, okay. And separating the present moment from the past. Got you. You know, uh, it just depends on what your trigger is. Like, I had, uh, during my PTSD journey, one of mine was peanut butter. And the reason for this... Peanut is, butter. <laughs> it's a weird weird story. Yeah. Um, I actually got tested for this allergy because I thought I had it, but I don't. And yeah. I was still terrified of it. My, my brain was convinced that it was going to kill me. And I figured it out through therapy that um, when I was 12, my mother had an allergic reaction to grapes. Mm. And at the time, we were living in the middle of nowhere, and my uh, stepfather was very abusive. So my mind was terrified that she was going to die because mm. the ambulance kept driving past our house on the highway, couldn't find it because we didn't have lights. Yeah. So after that, I was just scared of being allergic to something and peanuts are a very common allergy. Right. So that just manifested into a trigger for me. Mm, wow. Yeah. 
So, but through therapy and also exposure, little yeah. things like first I would smell the peanut butter and then I would taste it and then I would eat it. And eventually I just forced myself and I retrained my brain to know it was safe. Yeah, for sure. So how could someone like in, in your opinion, how could someone like overcome like an obstacle, uh, obstacle, obstacle or uh, like a, a fear, if you will? You know what I'm saying? Um, I think they one one really helpful thing. And this is a tool I actually use my clients. It's um. Basically, you have to lawyer up. Um, You have to write down your fear. Like, say your fear is going to the dentist. You would write down on paper, I'm terrified of going to the dentist because um, they're going to kill me. (laughs) Whatever your fear is, you (laughs) know. And then you would go, okay, well, what kind of thought is that? Is that all or nothing thinking? Probably. Are you catastrophizing? You're having a catastrophic thought. Yes, you are. And then you write down the logical thought next to that. Yeah. Or in you, you go, I'm going to go to the dentist and be okay because everybody goes to the dentist and it's fine. And then you would rate how much you believe that on a scale of one to 10. And it's probably going to be high because it's the truth. Right. And then you just do that over and over and you constantly remind yourself and eventually it gets better. Ah, okay. So just like repetition. Repetition and logical, logical thought. Got you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, something I need to do for a few things as well. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, Uh, time, like in managing time. I think one of the biggest problems I have is like I have like a great amount of time to do something right, but I procrastinated so much because I'm thinking about the end result. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole time, like I'm procrastinating, procrastinating, and then I run out of time to do whatever the, whatever the hell I needed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, how could someone like manage their? I mean, I guess uh, it's different for a lot of people, but uh, how do you feel that someone can manage their time better, like in a uh, normal day? Well, I think a lot of people get caught up in the end goal and they're overwhelmed by that because you're not going to be the person you need to be for the end goal until you go through all the steps to get there. Right. So you can feel really overwhelmed because you're like, well, I'm not prepared for that. Well, of course you're not. You haven't gone through the steps to get there. Yeah. (laughs) So what you do is you break it down into even smaller steps Mm. and you prioritize those things and you block out your time. Obviously, you have to mix it in with life and taking care of your kids and your job and whatever. Yeah. But really blocking out that time. And then one thing I really rely on is the five-second rule. Um, There's proof that our brains as children did not hesitate. Um, I can't remember what it is, but there's a TED Talk, and it's called the five-second rule. I really recommend it. But basically, if you just act and you don't think, you just do it, then you're going to get a lot more done. And keep in mind that the first... 1% 1% and the last 10% of any project is the hardest. If you yeah. can just get going and get past that exactly, 1%, yeah. get some momentum, <laughs> you know? Yeah, just do it, you know? Exactly. You yeah. know, it's uh, just thinking about it, writing it down. It's cool to have goals, mm-hmm. but like uh, dreams, you know, and goals without execution is hallucination. Yeah, so. no, that's very accurate. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not going to get anything done. Yeah, and let go of that perfectionist mentality, you know, like there's yeah. perfection is not real. Yeah. You know, imperfect action is better than no action at all. Exactly. I tell myself that constantly because I'm trying to make content and this shit is fucking hard. Yeah. You know, it, it, but I just got to do it. I just got to do it. Yeah, you just got to get through it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you seem to be doing well with it, though. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a learning process. Um, one yeah. of my good friends, Andrew Longren, I'm sure you know who he is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah he was on the he's show. He on the show, yeah. Um, he, his content is immaculate. He's so good. And he's messaging me right now like, 
he's basically calling me on my bullshit and being like really real with me and he's so generous i didn't even ask him to do it but yeah. he'll like he'll go through my tiktoks and be like you did this this and this wrong do this instead <laughs> you know and it's super helpful yeah. um but what i'm realizing is i think from my professional career i learned how to be so straight edge and i was terrified of getting off of that line in grad school yeah that it's hard for me to be my crazy authentic self sometimes yeah so i'm like I don't want to look old. I got to be more energetic <laughs> and be silly. And it's tough. Yeah. And TikTok is, uh, honestly, I, I got on TikTok for like a week and, you know, the video, the little videos we made did okay. Mm -hmm. um, but after that, like I sort of just like fell off of it. It's, I, I feel like it's super hard to keep up with. It you is. have to like drop every day, you know, to keep up with these algorithms. Yeah. I know. I actually started forcing myself to do a 30 day real challenge. I'm on day eight or seven. And, um, <laughs> It's hard, man. Like, I'm in there trying to, like, I just look through reels. I'm seeing, like, okay, what's what's popping right now? And then I try to make something with that mental health related. Yeah. But it's hard because this is such high level. It's not high level, but it's very complex information. For sure. For and sure. to condense it into, like, a five-second video, you're like, how? Yeah. So that's my <laughs> challenge right now. Yeah. It's also, like, super important, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's mm -hmm. what's awesome about, like, uh, social media, TikTok uh, included, like, you could watch a silly video, but then I could scroll and see like a self-help or like mental health video. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which is awesome. But I'm sure that is super, super tough to uh, just condense it down to yeah short, you know, to a few seconds. <laughs> I don't know. I posted one yesterday about um, like bipolar 2 and hypo and hypermania and like the urges that people have, like pointless sex and drinking and, you know, like being irresponsible, basically. Yeah. And uh, but there's a lot of information there. So I tried to condense it. But Andrew was like, you realize that no one can read this in two seconds, right? And I'm like, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I spent so much time on this. Yeah. Yeah, when I had him on, he uh, we were sitting here talking, right? And he pulled out his phone and he was like recording, and he made like a whole promo video, like mm -hmm. while I'm sitting here talking to him. I know. You know, he's, he's so, so good he's at so it. good. He's so good with like a camera. He's always been super creative, though. You know. Oh yeah, he has. Uh, I really admire him about admire that about him. He's very. He just doesn't give a fuck what people think. Oh, and for sure. I relate to that. Yeah. So he's it's nice. Never, never given a fuck. Exactly. You know? we, we sort of talked about that as well, off record, but never cared. You know, I appreciate that uh, about him yeah. as well. You know? you know, people's insecurities and judgments, they're just projecting that onto you. Yeah. And once you realize that you're just a mirror for everyone else, none of it matters anymore. Absolutely. You, you know? know, absolutely. And I, I preach that to my, my nephews. You know, they're small um you know under the age of 10 but i tell them all the time like look whenever you get older you're getting high school mm -hmm. or middle school high school like don't like it doesn't matter what anyone thinks about you be yourself you yep. know because us coming up that's all we thought about you know it's what everybody else thought yep. you know and it sort of like dictates your life you know for you like fuck that like do what you want to do what exactly. makes you happy you know whatever you want to wear whatever it is mm -hmm. do what makes you happy you know, because as adults, like we grow up and, you know, we're, we're going to do that anyway. Like we're going to do what makes us the happiest. You know, I'm trying to. So, yeah, you're you know, with seriously. I mean, you've you got know? so many awesome people on here. So, yeah, you're yeah, we're, killing it. We're, we're trying, you know, we're uh, hopefully something will happen. You know, mm -hmm. we'll get there. I you love know? it. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bad habits. Like uh, how do how do how can someone eliminate like a bad habit? What can you give me an example of one, a bad habit? Uh, I guess like excessive drinking. Like I know my show's called Brew and Bullshit, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you know, I, I think uh, you know we handle it responsibly. Uh, like responsibly, uh, mm -hmm. someone that just doesn't know how to handle 
Uh, or, okay, just say after work, 5 o'clock, someone's in a bar every mm-hmm. day. You know what I'm saying? Maybe mm-hmm. they're in it, they're stressed out, but how can they get rid of, maybe pick up a book or... Well, I mean, not very many people like reading, to be honest. I like it's, it, It's but crazy, yeah. A lot of no, you're don't. right. <laughs> I mean, we live in this, like, instant gratification society, so... For sure. It's understandable, but um, I think first you got to figure out why you're doing that. What is... What are you avoiding feeling? Because... Mm. I mean, I don't have I don't have a problem with drinking. I think yeah. you have to have a healthy relationship with alcohol and if you're not using it to celebrate something or just be happy around your friends and right. you're using it to numb your feelings, then yes, there's an issue. For sure. You know, so if you're getting off work every day and you're just going to the bar, what are you avoiding? Yeah. Who can you ask for help with this issue? Do you need a life coach? Do you need a therapist? And does your habit, does it align with the person you want to be? Do you even know who you want to be? Right. You know, these are a lot of like deep questions that you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to go through life and then you're going to get to the end and be really pissed off that you didn't figure it out. For sure. Oh, man. Imagine that. Like you go through an entire lifetime and you don't figure out, you know, your yeah. purpose or don't even get close to figuring it out because you were just stuck in these motions yeah every day you know and like i mean alcohol is uh very addictive because it you know it makes it turns off our our executive functioning brain so we don't have to analyze things you know and if somebody has a hard past or you know a a rough marriage then they don't want to sit there and analyze it and maybe they've been conditioned to think that addressing your mental health is for the weak which i'm here to tell you it's absolutely not it's really fucking hard yeah you know avoiding it is not uh is not a strong thing to do yeah so you know it's you just have to be really honest with yourself and start seeking out answers yeah nice nice um so i feel like it was like here recently maybe the last five years or so like mental health was uh it it, it's under the spotlight now Mm -hmm. i feel like beforehand like no one ever really talked about it yep uh which is crazy you know how do you feel about that I think it's uh, it was to be expected because we are the product of generational trauma. Yeah. Our grandparents went through wars, famine, and up until the 70s or even the 80s, really, you know, childhood trauma was brushed under the rug. Oh, you're sexually abused by your dad? Yeah. Uh, deal with it. Oh, you get beat, your ass beat every day for no reason, whatever, that's life. But then we're realizing that, like, no, it's not life. You don't have to live like that. It's not okay. Right. And so now we're in this space, you know, people our generation, 25, 30 years old, 40 years old, and everybody's realizing, like, oh, I don't have to feel like shit all the time. Yeah. There's actually better things to look forward to. And that's honestly my whole mission is to show people that. Yeah. That, like, no matter nice. what you've been through, you can create your reality. For sure. You know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, you know, because... Uh, no one should just like go through their day like feeling bad, you know. But the thing is, is I feel like before you know it became like su- before we came super uh, super aware of everything, uh, people were just like so narcissistic. Like no one, ca- it's like figure it out, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about your problems. I have my own problems. Yeah. But it's like people are opening up their arms, like you, you know, you're mm-hmm. helping people out. Which is great, you know. Yeah, I, I think mine stemmed from the lowest of my lows. I mean. I remember being like 26 years old and I was just sobbing and I was suicidal and it wasn't because I really wanted to die. I just wanted the fucking pain to stop. I wanted, I mean, it makes me cry just thinking about it because I'm like, what if I would have killed myself? Yeah. You know, and like, I know people that I have. Yeah. It's just so fucked up and like, I don't want anybody to ever feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, No, that's a, it's a beautiful thing that you have like this, uh, you know, this business, if you will, where you can help people. 
And uh, how many clients do you have right now, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, yeah, it's actually going really well. Um, yeah. I launched March 15th, and I've already got 18 people on. Jeez, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been really cool. I mean, I've got people all over the world. I have people in Europe and in New York and uh, Seattle. I mean, it's like... Social media, if you use it the right way, it can be a really beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you guys just jump on like uh, Zoom calls, stuff like that? For the most part, yeah. yeah. So when somebody signs up for my program, and I also do individual life coaching because nice. sometimes you just have to meet people where they are. For sure. You know, you have people that they've gone to therapy and they're just desperate for answers. And I have quite a few people like that in my program who are like, you're giving me all the answers I ever wanted and never got from therapy. So that makes me feel fucking great. Yeah. You know, but then I have people who are like, this is their first time reaching out. It took them took a lot of strength for them to do it, and yeah. they need me to walk them through it, and that's fine. But yeah. either way, you have weekly calls with me. I keep you accountable. I have little incentives when you're in the group on Facebook. I do little drawings on Sundays just because it's fun, you yeah, know. For so, sure. Yeah, sure. there's a lot that goes into it. I'm very consumed, but it's fun. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's fucking. That's awesome. You know, you're doing something you enjoy doing. You know, and you're also. Uh, you're helping people. I feel like our purpose on this planet is to help people, mm -hmm. you know, but you have to figure out. I also feel like you have to figure out your craft and how you could use that to help people. Absolutely. You know, which yeah. is great. So, And I mean, if it gives meaning to your pain, that's fine. But if you don't use your pain for anything and it's literally just like, no, I just want to heal just so I can enjoy my damn life. That is perfectly valid. Right. You know, like, <laughs> don't feel like you have to go through and help people, but you can still be a good example of it. Yeah. You know, for sure. Uh even um, like uh, thinking about back in el whether it be elementary, just school in general, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I come in like those counselors, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like all those people, some of them, you know, you could tell they didn't give a shit. <laughs> but yeah. a lot of them, you know, they were there for for us. Yeah, I remember some of them very vividly. I mean, I got pulled out of class multiple times because CPS would be called or, you yeah. know, like the, the cops would come. And then, you know, there was like a huge domestic violence thing at my house. And then the next day... I'd get pulled out of class, be like, can you look at these these, these inkblot pictures and tell us what you think? You know, like, I remember doing that multiple times. Wow, yeah. But honestly, the person that helped me the most was my band director. Really? Um, he was very much a father figure to me. Yeah. Um, he knew everything, you know, because I would get off the bus in the morning and just go in the band hall bathroom and cry because I was just, I fucking hated my life. Yeah. And high school sucked for me up until my senior year. Yeah. Um, I got single, I moved out, and I had a blast after that. But... High school sucked, and he bought me tires. He made sure that I had money if I needed it. Yeah. You know, and he's got 180 kids to take care of, but he was still there for me, so. Yeah, I commend, like, any teacher that, like, yeah. gave us that extra attention. You know, they didn't have to. They have their own lives. Absolutely. You know, but I've, there's also people on this earth that are, like, God sent. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. they're willing to help and go that extra mile. Yeah, Mr. You know? Stone, I'll never forget him. But, well, look, now, I mean, you're, you're helping people. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. sort of rubbed off on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I actually started college as a music major because of him. But um, I don't know. I just something in me told me it wasn't the right path. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Hear you. So are you into uh, like any meditation or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I meditate every single day, sometimes twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just um, it's a really good practice to be aware of your thoughts and realize yeah. how powerless they are because a thought's just a thought. And if right. you can label it and separate yourself from it and just view it as like, something your emotions are trying to tell you yeah you know you have a lot more power over what your daily life is like got you nice yeah i, I try uh to keep up with meditation just even if it's like a five minute mm -hmm. extra breathing ex exercise yeah it's hard sometimes you know you get off track but 
that and uh, yoga. I really want to get into yoga. I'm not into it yet. <laughs> I've tried so many times. Really? <laughs> no, that's one of the things I'm like, I like yoga. I respect it. But yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just not flexible. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. hard. You know, and I get the purpose. It's like to push yourself through uncomfortable pain and all these other things. But I think life can be yoga sometimes you know sure. if you're yeah. more aware and you're you're meditating and everything you know yeah so, yeah for sure that and i work sense. out every day so i need to get back in the gym man yeah you kai you guys are fit thanks we try yeah. oh we hate it sometimes i mean this morning i remember 6 5 45 a.m he's like you want to go and i'm like no but we're fucking doing it you know you just, go. just gotta push yeah exactly. like you said just do it yeah so how do you feel about uh southeast texas like being back in southeast uh texas and the growth it's growing so much oh, yeah. Yeah, honestly, I'm ecstatic. Um, I just feel I had to move away. I had to be isolated, but I also had to be inspired by the way other people live and like to see for sure what's possible. Yeah. And I'm just I feel like I'm bringing so much of that energy back. Like I have yeah. plans and Kai has plans and just to see all the businesses popping up. And I feel like our age group is really entering this period of dropping the clicks and just being nice to each other. Absolutely. You know, like I've gone out a few times recently and people that never talked to me before are being so friendly and everybody's talking and it's like, (laughs) it's really refreshing. You know, things have changed. It's like, damn, we grew up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like, okay, yeah, we all understand that shit gets hard. Let's be there for each other. Yeah, for sure. Well, my parents always told me like back when we were in high school, you know, like they would always tell me. Yo, yo, like after high school, like, like none of anything that happened in high school, that shit won't matter Mm -hmm. after high school. You know what I'm saying? You'll run into the same people. There'll be a completely different person. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the real world, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, uh, to touch on your point, it is super uh, awesome just to go into like a grocery store, run Mm -hmm. into someone you knew from school that was this person. Now they're that person, you know? Yeah. It's It's really cool to see everybody grow and like to be a part of a community where you actually matter is nice. For sure. Yeah. And Southeast Texas alone is just growing so much. You know, this mm-hmm. uh, it's diversifying a lot. You know, it's like a uh, Beaumont's like a small Houston. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I've lived in Beaumont. Well, besides living in Austin for two years and going to Phoenix since like 2011. And it's like a completely different place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wish we could get a downtown i mean I, I don't go out anymore but i wish we could get downtown back though man can i talk about that all the time like <laughs> no- star bar was my shit <laughs> i miss star bar so much yeah and tequila rock was cool too but i don't know that that place has so much potential but yeah, apparently there's... there was some issues with the taxes and they couldn't figure it out yeah and there's like nothing downtown now that's <laughs> rough you know there's nothing we're getting a uh a cool uh like rooftop bar though Oh, I know. 409. That's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. And right next to it at Co, uh, they're open now. So Yeah, I've heard. Korean Grill. I haven't been yet, but. Yeah, it's a really cool place. I'm excited to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I look forward to, uh, being here for maybe the rest of the year, considering going back to Houston. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I need the city. Yeah. I understand that. I need Uh, that vibe. Yeah, there's definitely Houston is is massive. You know, it's funny. I didn't realize how big Houston was until I lived in Austin because I always thought Austin and Houston were like the same size. Uh, Houston, no, uh, Austin <laughs> phys- physically, Austin small. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. you can. I remember living on uh like on Riverside, and I'd walk to downtown and be downtown in like 30 minutes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely but houston it's like it'll take you two hours just to drive across the city now oh absolutely it's like it takes huge. you it takes you an hour to drive 10 minutes yeah. down the road you i know? mean we go to houston every two <laughs> weeks to eat and shit like i love the city but yeah. um 
yeah, we're here for now. Him and his job is going great, and he's got a really cool person to link up with music wise here. So awesome. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about that as well. Is he still doing music and everything? Yeah, um, our friend Garrett, I believe he goes by Swamp Daddy on SoundCloud. <laughs> I'd have to let you know uh, his actual name, but he's so good this guy has had no formal training yeah yes garrett i'm shouting you out because he (laughs) needs to be seen and like with kai's lines and his beats like i don't know man i told them both i was like if you guys give up on this shit you're 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 throwing away (laughs) a lottery ticket yeah you you can't you know (laughs) because kai's super talented you know he could definitely Mm -hmm. wrap his ass off so yeah Yeah. i'm really pumped for that uh it's gonna be fun yeah we've only been here a month so oh wow okay okay yeah Yeah, you guys just got back huh oh yeah it's been crazy there was like the first couple weeks i was like super disoriented like i would wake up in the middle of the night and think i was still in austin in my room (laughs) and then my eyes would adjust and i would be like oh wait okay no i'm i'm back in southeast (laughs) (laughs) it's weird i'm back home (laughs) yeah yeah i I remember like following you guys this uh your your youtube when uh you were building uh the bus Mm -hmm. you know like that was uh exciting how did that turn out Oh, the bus was awesome. It was really pretty, but we realized that the experience was really why we did it after, you know, like building that project together and going through all the processes of literally building a tiny house with our bare hands. Um, I think the only help we had was the plumber and then our friend Dirk McDonald helped us do the AC. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, it was, we did all of it in seven months while we were both working multiple jobs and then we lived in it and uh, we lived in it for seven months. But yeah. it was just not fulfilling. It was very small and expensive, actually. Yeah. You wouldn't think so, but it is. And uh, we just decided to sell it, and then we used the money to move. There was a, uh, like a, it's like, I guess it's a documentary. It's on Netflix, right? And it's this couple. Expedition Happiness. Yeah. yeah we watched that. That was I one of our inspirations. I immediately thought of you guys, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Leading up to that, we we watched every YouTube video, every Netflix thing. We read all the books. And then one night, we had like seven grand saved up to put a down payment on a house. Yeah. And we went to our friend's house. We had a couple glasses of wine. And we were like, let's just buy a bus. Let's just do it. <laughs> and we literally drove to San Antonio the next day and bought a school bus. So that started that journey. <laughs> it was pretty badass to watch you guys like build it, though, you know? Mm, it was pretty thank cool. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was no, a fun No, but like experience. you said, um, even in that documentary, like at the very end, you know, their dog gets sick. Um, mm-hmm. You can tell, like, it's just, like you said, it wasn't fulfilling for them. Yeah. I guess it's just like the experience, though, you know, like not yeah. the A to Z, but the everything in between. Yeah. And I mean, I support the nomad life. I mean, I was a nomad growing up and yeah. I think that was the big reason why I wanted to do it. But the bus is just too much. It's mm. like if this bitch breaks down, you have absolutely everything you own. It's expensive to tow. It's expensive to fix. If you're going to do it, do a van. Right. Downside the lot. Put your shit in storage. Go experience life for a couple of years on the road. Yeah. Do a van. You yeah, know, and I sure. think we, we've thought about that, too. So that might be our next move. Maybe. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I also had uh, Mariah on. And she's mm-hmm. I think she's still living. I think she still lives out of her van. Yeah. She built a van, which yeah. is pretty cool. You know? Yeah. She's um, awesome. Yeah. She's in California. You know, mm-hmm. um, I got to check up on her. You know, Kelly's got it hard right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. She lives the life, though, man. Every time I watch her little skate videos in Venice, I'm like, 
damn that's awesome yeah me too i'm like damn look i'm old and <laughs> got a little like, family and she's just like living <laughs> whatever you have a podcast and you got big people coming up here i mean it's awesome well it's awesome just to see like you know outside of this like my friends like you and everybody else andrew like mm-hmm. everyone doing their thing you know and, mm-hmm. like content creators yeah you know because we went to school with a lot of creative ass people oh yeah so it's awesome to see these the same people just like execute their dreams you know yeah it's awesome yeah and i mean if your life you want that stable nine to five you want the you know the white picket fence that's fine just make sure that whatever you're doing is not because someone else told you that's what you should do exactly you know like otherwise you're living someone else's dream and that's just not cool yeah you know yeah for sure for sure and i think that's a it's a it's a big problem you know in southeast Texas. i love it out here but a lot of us follow the 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 career paths that our parents took you know what I'm saying? Or grandparents or uncles or whoever it is, you know. And But there's like uh, some of us, you know, outcasts that like sort of follow our own path. Yeah. Well, know? I mean, it's really a, a revolution, not revolution, evolutionary thing. Yeah. Because our brains tell us if you stray from the tribe, you're going to go get killed by a tiger or starve to death. Yeah. So we end up doing what everybody else should do, even in modern day. Mm. But if you can recognize that's just an evolutionary thing. And even if you go do what you want to do, people are still going to accept you. Then you're free. Ah, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, beautiful. Anything you want to add? Like, uh, how can everybody reach you? Yeah. So my Instagram is Brandy Alexandria. um, Brandy with a Y. Um, I am on TikTok. You'll see my little TikTok link on there. But I would love to talk to anybody that's interested in healing from their past and creating their life and thriving. I call myself the Heal and Thrive Tribe Leader. Um, <laughs> I am starting a podcast soon, but I'll drop that when it's ready. So I'm Hell excited. yeah. We're, we're looking forward to that. I'm so glad to hear that, too. Thank you. Know? you. Yeah. I'm pumped about it. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and you said uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, are you on YouTube yet? No, not yet. Um there's so many different routes you can go with social media, oh, man, and it, you got to put your energy tough. into one, you know. For sure, for Instagram is enough, or yeah. TikTok, you know. Yeah. TikTok is enough. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I like YouTube. It's just uh, I think when I get to a financial space where I can afford a videographer, I'll probably do YouTube. For sure, for sure. But I mean, all that video editing I did for the bus is so time consuming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was using iMovie. You know, I wasn't even like cool. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. There's, you know, there's some like uh, individuals they can make a movie off their phones oh, now. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I know. You know, imagine having to use a damn camera though. You know, it's that's yeah. a lot. I know. I actually bought a camera for the bus, and I just used my iPhone the whole time. Yeah, for I sure. It's it's easier. Camera. It's more convenient. I know. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate having you on, and that yeah, was fun. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Where. Uh, 50 we're an hour in awesome yeah cool. i feel like i keep talking to you yeah. <laughs> until next time everybody peace